The NBA playoffs are here. And we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch. Because this is the turn it up to 11 NBA playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Going for your first ever run around the park. Literally running errands all over town. Running for the finish line and your personal best. If you run, you're a runner. Find the shoes and clothes to run your way at newbalance.com slash running. New Balance. Run your way. Footballers DFS podcast with your hosts Kyle Borgannoni and Matthew Betts. Welcome in Tuesday, November eighth, here on the Finnish Footballers DFS podcast. I'm your host Kyle Borgannoni, and I am joined, as always, by Matthew, just a Discord bro, Betts. Dude, the Discord was popping last night. That was so fun. Kyle and I did a, uh, a Discord exclusive little like mini, I don't even want to call it a podcast. It was just like two guys having a drink, hanging out, talking about Monday Night Football, which was a, a lot of fun. And Kyle, I feel like we handicapped that game like perfectly. I mean, the process, he says this as he, you know, looks at his losses. The process felt right to fade Isaiah Likely. The guy had one catch. Of course, it's a touchdown. I didn't play much of him, so that was a bummer, but... We talked a lot about uh, Kenyon Drake having a great game. That was fun. We were on Alave. He didn't have an amazing game, but he was still pretty good. We faded Kamara, which kind of worked out too. So it was a fun night in Discord. And I'm not going to lie, man. That's like part of my routine now. I wake up, get some coffee, do some work on the show doc, and then hop in Discord and just see what people are talking about. The Discord is constant. It is so fun to see people just obsessed with props and DFS. Um, We are one of you. You're one of us. We are the same people. So get up in Discord and come hang out with us. We gifted the people something that I didn't realize we did, but we built a lineup yesterday when we were hanging out, just talking through stuff. We built a lineup at the end. Did you did you see that that lineup was only used once in our tournament? Did you see? <laughs> I that I didn't that actually go got... through and count, but I was going to play it, and then I was like, "Bets, that's so silly! Like this is going to be at least 15, 20 people." Um, I mean, you know what I did actually? I kept the lineup. I just changed Justin Tucker to Will Lutz, and I finished fifth. So. The lineup worked out. There was one person who used that lineup, and it was one of our writers, AJ Passman, who told me later, I made that lineup on my own. I didn't even listen to you guys' uh, you know, your stream at all. But, man, uh, third place, I think he won 360 bucks. 
the party on a Monday contest. I think a lot of people are learning how to play DFS the right way. That's what we like to talk about on here, DFS for the rest of us. And each week, you and I get to talk through our cash process. I know for some people, they want us to come on here and to mope and to say how bad it was. So let's talk about it, Bets. Straight cash, homie. Every week, I write a cash lineup review article. It's kind of unpacking my process. It's a free article, so anybody and their mama can read it. And if you and your mama want to read it together, that's fine. <laughs> Even better. There was, there was a couple of paths in week nine for cash, and we're here more to review the process of how you get to your plays. But every single week, I want to be as clear as possible. There's always one or two plays that if you didn't have them, I, it, I'm sorry. And usually, you can be on the wrong side of those swaps. So I didn't have Joe Mixon in my lineup. Did you? I did not. So if you didn't have Joe Mixon, I am really sorry because he was in our top plays. You and I liked him a lot. He just didn't end up as one of our top three running backs that we went with. So if you didn't have Mixon, you were probably buried but if you didn't have Mixon and you didn't have Justin Fields, it was probably tough, right? Yeah, I mean, you could escape the Mixon no, issue if you didn't have him in cash because the other running backs did really well. Now, did they have five touchdowns? No. <laughs> no one saw that coming. Actually, I should go back. The positive regression was a screaming, screaming, it's going to happen sooner than later. This is the Alvin Kamara thing from two weeks ago. I should have bet right. Mixon multiple touchdowns. Dang it. I'm, I'm losing my process here, Kyle. Um, so it was on the writing was on the wall. It was going to happen. No one saw this, right? Um, but there were so many strong plays in the 6K range. We talked about them on the shows and, you know, in the articles and stuff. Like, you know, it was Ken Walker and it was Travis Etienne and you had Ramondre Stevenson with Damien Harris ruled out. So I don't think anyone that didn't land on Joe Mixon should feel bad about that process. There were so many good plays. But the quarterback situation was really what it came down to. And, you know, we had talked about there's really two options. What do you prefer to do? And I truly didn't know what I was going to do until Sunday morning, whether it was going to be pay up for Josh Allen, who entering last week was averaging uh, 30 DraftKings points per game or just ride the streak of Justin Fields who had been incredible with you know three straight top eight finishes um, and just hope that that continues and I said you know I'm a little worried about Justin Fields but Eckler to me felt like a clear priority on the slate and I would play him 10 out of 10 times given the context going into the slate with how bad the Falcons defense is and how concentrated the targets were going to be between him and Josh Palmer. So that's how I landed on Fields was because of Eckler. But, um, you know, you can't fault anyone for playing Josh Allen. He's going to be the top scoring quarterback on most slates he's a part of. We'll talk about this week. Um, but that's kind of why I landed on Fields. And again, no one saw that coming. It was just, I think, good variance if you played him. We Yeah, I remember on Friday's podcast, we said that Fields allows you to do a lot more and because we knew the other Buffalo pieces weren't going to be chalky, it seemed like with Fields, like he wasn't going to hurt you. Now, I just want to explain this. You can't fit every single person in your lineup. I don't know if you know that, Bats, but you can't fit every single high-priced player and Dang even it. all the players you like. I know. It's a weird process with DFS. We have a salary, you know, roster, like, problem every single week. So for us, like, Josh Allen was our top-ranked quarterback. Tyree Kill was our top-ranked wide receiver, and that looks great. And then Eckler was our top-ranked running back. You can't fit all three of those in your lineup and actually have other spots you felt comfortable with. So it comes down to your entire lineup roster construction and how those pieces fit together. So I would say for us, Eckler was a priority 
over paying up for Josh Allen where we felt like, hey, if I get 17 to 20 points from Justin Fields, I would feel great at that price tag. Now, spoiler alert, we're going to be talking about Justin Fields this week, but he is a lot more expensive because DraftKings got their stuff together, but he might still be too cheap, and he's probably going to be the most popular quarterback on the slate again. It comes down to how you construct your roster, and I think the best way to say this is that my lineup beat yours this past week. Okay, buddy. Yep, go ahead. This is your moment. Go ahead and just... You know, talk about the Travis Etienne thing and how you were so right because you didn't play him. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So I felt terrible. Let's be honest. The first, <laughs> those first games, I felt terrible because I made a stance against Etienne. He scores two touchdowns. He's the most popular player in cash, right? Like, wasn't uh, he like 75%? I think something like that, yeah. Him, him and Ramondre, I knew were going to be chalk. And I just liked Kenneth Walker a lot, so I thought I would get a little different, but I felt terrible in that first slate of games, he ends up outscoring Travis Etienne. And so, yeah, dude, I mean, my team destroyed yours. I'm glad we didn't go head-to-head for a little uh, a little Andy Jackson on DraftKings because I'd be licking my wounds if that was the case. And what's funny is I was texting Kyle <laughs> while the Etienne stuff was happening. I was like, dude, I, I, th- I think it was the right process to play him. I, I think you're getting too cute. And then here comes Kyle late in, late in the afternoon in the 4 o'clock games like, Oh, Ken Walker touchdown. Oh, Ken Walker touchdown. And so that was funny to see. But I played some Ken Walker in tournaments, which was, you know, obviously good to see. Uh, I didn't have a great tournament week, though, personally. Um, I just, again, this another week, people keep asking us, when is the chalk going to stop smashing? <laughs> I keep saying it will happen eventually. I just don't know when. And so if, you, if you're like me and you play some cash in some tournaments, like I've been playing less chalk in tournaments, hoping that those weeks will come eventually. And so in those weeks, those lineups are dead, and that's kind of what's been happening to me. Yeah, and at the end of the day, this, there's a lot of variance that will that will happen, but with cash, what we're preaching every single week is that you can be better than 50% of the fields if you're playing in the right tournament. So let me just stress this again. You and I, we see this all the time. What When you say cash, what do you mean? We are playing in 50-50s, double-ups, and then our head-to-heads is what we post. But we want the large field single entry double ups. So this morning I was talking with Papa Josh, who runs our Discord, community manager, and I said, Josh, there's a five dollar single entry with seventeen thousand people. Josh, do you think that you can be better from listening to me and bets than, you know, eight thousand plus people? And he's like, I think I could do that. I was like, Okay, that's where we're starting. Those are the type of plays that you want to. So you can go in your DraftKings app right now and find those double ups. 50-50s in the single entry, you know, $25. That's the one I use to gauge every single week because I think it's a good, healthy one. But yes, you can get all of our picks in the DFS pass. Use the promo code DFS pod. We keep slashing the prices. We just had a company meeting right now. And one of the things that came up is Andy goes, man, we've kind of just said that we're going to keep giving people the same content all the way through the Super Bowl. Maybe we should change that next year. And the, the resounding thing was, I don't know. I feel like the people are doing well. So I walked away from that company meeting going, all right, things are going well, but man, we're we're not charging more. <laughs> yeah, it's actually funny. Everything else in the world, you know, goes up in price with the inflation. Relatively speaking, the DFS pass gets cheaper every year because with inflation, it is not going up. So yeah, it is... Uh... Still too cheap, and <laughs> it's been awesome and super fun, and really fun. Like I said in Discord, it's part. Of, it's a perk, you know. If you buy the DFS pass, you're in Discord. You can link to get in, 
And uh, that's been my most fun part of DFS this year is talking to you guys and getting to interact with people that, you know, we've never met before, but they love DFS and we love DFS. So we want you to be a part of it right now at DFSPass.com. All right, let's talk about week 10. State of the main slate. Each week, Betts and I refer to the lines at DraftKings Sportsbook. It's where we play. You can go to sportsbook.draftkings.com and... Every week we check in with one that went well, one that I'm just going to start off with one that was hot doo-doo, and it's my boy Jason Myers. You know, that's the one I gave on this podcast. I even did, I did people disservice in the props article because I said, put two units on this thing. He'd hit it six straight weeks, and the the worst part was that he hit that field goal, what, five minutes into the game? I was already counting my money. (laughs) I mean, it was just one more field goal, buddy. Now, I will say I did place another wager that offset it personally. And I, I actually put this in the props thing that his kicking points prop also was trending in the right direction. So I actually hit his kicking points prop, but I didn't hit his field goal prop. So I am sorry, people. There kickers, there's pain involved, and this was part of it. So what about you, Bets? Yeah, I'm gonna check in with one that I made in the preseason. Uh, I was big on actually fading T.J. Hawkinson from his season-long outlook for his under on his receptions. Uh, the new role with Minnesota this past weekend was incredible for TJ Hawkinson. And reminder, he had never played with this team before. Remember, he just got traded. 92% of the snaps, 86% route participation, 21% target share, nine catches, 70 yards. I don't know if this is going to stick, but let's just say it has me shaking in my boots a little bit for a prop that I felt pretty good about going into the year. If this TJ Hawkinson usage, even at you know 75% of this continues, uh, that will be a losing wager on this year. I had fun. Just I'll throw this last thing in. Uh, my best friend from Atlanta came. Him and his wife. They uh, they're our closest friends. They came this past weekend, and in Atlanta you can't you know do some sports book stuff. But in here he was pretty happy to do it. And so yeah, we got to watch the games. And his big thing was he was just loved doing those flash props or the live betting. And he had a really good Sunday. Just saying, hey, on this next drive, let's do this. So uh, it was a lot of fun. You can have a lot of fun in your DraftKings sportsbook app. But let's talk about this week in the slate, in the context. It's another 10-gamer, which we had last week, but at least we get another afternoon game. But also, although there's four teams on by, there's a Germany game, Seattle and the Bucks. So based on what we have in front of us, how are the player pools impacted before we look at the games? Yeah, so just for context, the teams that are on by, we've got the Bengals, the Patriots, the Jets, and the Ravens. And then off the main slate, as far as like, you know, offenses we're excited about. Eagles, um, I'm going to put this team in here just because we can play their players sometimes. The Falcons, <laughs> we're not really excited about them, but you can include them in GPPs usually. They're on Thursday night. You know, the Bucks, the Seahawks we talk about, the Chargers we talk about a lot, and then the Niners have absolute, you know, star playmakers. So again, smaller slate with a relatively weaker pool of teams, and it could get even worse based off what happens with Josh Allen. Um, the elbow, elbow injury, excuse me, is one that I think we're at least hopeful won't be serious as far as season ending, but I was looking at what the line movement is happening in that game, the total, their team total, it's all coming down and by a wide margin. So it's very possible he at least misses this game. And if that's the case, you know, your quarterback pool gets insanely weak. And then you have to ask yourself, can you trust Steph Diggs and Gabe Davis and guys that we love to stack in, in tournaments? So again, it looks like a relatively weak slate especially at quarterback if there is no josh allen are you telling me it's case keenum week oh baby it's a revenge game 
against the Vikings. Hey, I picked him up in a dynasty league earlier this year, and my entire league was like, that is the darkest pickup that you could possibly do. Like, the whole league saw it, and they're like, the only reason you would do that is you're predicting that Josh Allen will go down. And I, the whole league just killed me for it. So it's your but, fault. Uh, it, it was like a month ago. Okay. Well, I'm still not so a fan of that. Bit. Yeah, the game is well, opened at 49.5. It's at 46.5 now. Um, man, I was so excited to talk about that game, too. Both teams, you know, looking really good. The Vikings, 7-1. and one. Our Vikings? Our Vikings? Our Ravens? You know, those, those, we're feeling pretty good about those two teams. But, yes, you, you said it. For quarterback this week, it, it already feels like there's two options. Once again, like it's kind of narrowed down. We'll talk about that for our salary standouts. But Allen's gone. Hertz is off. Burrow, Lamar, Herbert. Like, these guys are – we were not being able to play. So, for stacking purposes, I don't love this week and how it sets up. Any other thoughts on just the player pool? Because at tight end, it's Kelsey and then like 50 feet of crap. Yep. It's not great. And, you know, Kelsey is a guy that we've been willing to go to in cash over the years when he's in the upper 6K range or even like 74, $7,500, $7,800 for Travis Kelsey. I mean, it's warranted. He's been awesome. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it, but that is a lot for a tight end. Again, we talk about with Mark Andrews. He's a wide receiver. But like when we were talking about that stuff, Mark Andrews was like, you know, $6,900, $7,100, $7,800 for Travis Kelsey. You have to ask yourself, are you really going to do that? Or are you just going to punt it off the bridge again and see what happens? Last week, we were fortunate to get, you know, the Foster Moreau play at 3.2. I think Waller probably comes back this week. Takes away one more punt option for us. So we'll have to see what happens throughout the week. But again, it's pay up for Kelsey or just save as much money as possible. I realized that my cash running backs from this past week are all off this slate. No Ramondre, no Eckler, my boy Ken W. Man, like K Dub. Oh, he's been gone. so good. Like just, I mean, not to be the the watch the tape guy, but this guy looks incredible, man. He looks so freaking good out there. I'm excited. All for right, him. so pause on this question real quick. Next year in redraft leagues in best ball, is he a, a first round pick? Oh, hands down. Unless okay. I mean, unless I, they make a silly move and like acquire a legit backup or something, then people might get concerned. But second round pick, they put their draft capital into him. They want to run the ball. Gino apparently is an MVP candidate. I don't know. I mean, I mean, things are getting wild. So yes, I think he is a first round pick next year. Yeah, I know this is an early thought exercise, but I, I, I was going through the notes for our show and I was like, man, you know, five weeks in a row with the touchdown. He looks awesome. So this week we have one game at the 50 mark, and the other ones are just kind of hovering a little bit lower, so go over those top games. Yeah, the top, it's uh, Kansas City and Jacksonville. Big spread on that one. It's KC minus 10. The over-under currently sitting at 50 and a half. That's the only game at 50 or above. Then you drop down you know, a tier, and basically you're at Miami and the Browns, which is Miami minus 4. Over-under is 48 and a half. And then Chicago and Detroit uh, is very wild to even say out loud. Again, tied for the second highest total on the slate at 48 and a half. Chicago, led by Justin Fields, favored by three points. Am I reading this correctly that the Bears have the fourth highest team implied total on this slate? You are, and there's a real scenario where if the Josh Allen situation happens and he is out, they are top three. Like, we were getting games in the first couple of weeks where the Bears team implied total was like 16 and a half points, 17 points, and they've just reversed course. So I'm here for it. 
I my Justin Fields best ball shares are feeling great right now because Dude, how about Clement this past weekend, huh? Finally, he's alive <laughs> because first usable week. Ba- Seriously, like he made up for it, but I would love you for you to spread it out, Cole Komet. Uh, what do you think will be the most popular game to stack? Yeah, I mean, this one it, to me is just so obvious that people love playing Kansas City for good reason. And if there's no Allen, Mahomes becomes the QB1 on the slate. The thing is, you'd be more than willing to play the QB1 if you knew his team total was 30 points at a price that is below 8K, which that's the case for Mahomes. He's below that mark. So we were talking about, do you do you pay up for Josh Allen at 8,500 last week? So if you have the option to drop down below 8K for the best quarterback on the slate, I think people will do it. So Mahomes' stacks are obviously always in play. they got a massive team total. And then for the Jaguars, like their offense has been a lot better. Travis Etienne's usage has been incredible. And the thing is, like it's easy to talk yourself into a bring back with the the salary options like etn should probably be more expensive than 7100 based off his role christian kirk had a nice game last week he's just 5900 zay jones at 4400 is kind of in play in that cheap range most weeks and then because the tight end slate is so cheap and so gross evan ingram at 3300 is going to be an option once again so i just think when you look at the total mahomes and the cheap jags guys it makes a lot of sense that people want to try to play that game yeah i can already see that game and how people are going to stack it it will be interesting how those ancillary Kansas City pieces, you know, like McCole Hardman's had a good little run over the last month for him. But other than Juju and Kelsey, it's hard to project anyone. The running backs are impossible to figure out week to week what their usage will be. I think I think CH had like 13% of the snaps this past week. And what? They throw the ball 68 times. So that's, that's what we want. I think right now my lean is I'm – I like Mahomes a lot. If Allen's off the slate, I like him a lot if I'm paying up in cash and then I'll just stack with him in tournaments with Kelsey. But it's hard to fit both in a lineup right now. I was coming on here to say Minnesota and Buffalo. Like I thought like, oh, this is a fun game, two teams we like. But I'm going to have to move past that. I do think Miami and Cleveland will gain some steam because we've kind of been following around the Dolphins with their pass rate over expectation being top five in the league. Cleveland... Has some pieces we like. We know we like Nick Chubb. I I think that game will get steamed up over time. So that's probably the second most. Um, it's The Bears and Lions, though, is the hot new game from just a Twitter sphere stance. So Jared Goff's splits, we'll get into that game probably on you know Friday's recording. His splits on the road are terrible, by the way. They're just god-awful. So think about that as you're constructing your lineup. What do you think is the sneakiest game? That's the one that I said, but I think there's a real chance it, it might get steamed up. And it's not because, you know, there's reasons that you shouldn't play. It's just that, like you said, if it does get steamed up, we think Justin Fields is going to be the most popular quarterback play on the slate, you know, based off what he's done and his price not adjusting quite enough for how good it's been. But because people are going to play it like the way that they are, you know, I, I can talk myself into it and I can talk myself out of it. So it's a very difficult game to talk about right now based off of the information we have. But you look at Chicago and we talked about it at the beginning of the year. Their team totals were so low. They weren't being successful. And then they add Chase Claypool to give Justin Fields another weapon. Justin Fields has been incredible. But at the same time, Chicago's defense was kind of respectable for a while. They have been god awful over the last two weeks, trading away a couple of their studs. 
And, you know, Detroit, I know the home road splits have been bad, but they've shown a willingness to push back when possible. So I think you could you could get there in that game. We'll see what happens with, with Jared Goff and his playmakers, like who's available for him. But on paper, looking at kind of the tier two games, I could totally see that game getting there. All right, I'm saying this game is sneaky from a using two quarter of pieces. I'm not saying that I want to fully stack this game, but to the first six weeks, both of these teams were bottom five in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. So I'm going to be talking about Chris Olave no matter what. Uh, the Steelers are allowing the second highest yards per attempt, and and I know it's gross, but they've allowed top 12 quarterback weeks in six of eight. So I think Dalton will be fine. I'm not going to be stacking it, but I would. I like Olave and Kamara. And then coming off the bye with the Steelers, I'm totally fine if you want to play the Muth or George Pickens with an extra week of preparation. I think that game, you could use some of those pieces and stack that way. Which game do you want to be underweight on? I can't even put into words how bad it's been in Green Bay. I mean, they're broken right now, right? Like looking at the team totals for this week, like prepping for the show, they're barely above Sam Ellinger and the Colts right now. That's where Vegas values this team as far as what they think they're going to do. Dallas's defense has been phenomenal. And now you know, Aaron Rodgers is going into this game without Romeo Dobbs, with no Randall Cobb. Christian Watson probably going to miss because of the second concussion in just two weeks. Really scary issue there. Aaron Jones is on the injury report this week. He will be with the ankle issue. The off- offensive line injuries. I just... And they want to play slow, right? So, like, how do they get it done? I really can't see myself playing a Green Bay Packer at all this week. This one sounds kind of obvious, but Denver and Tennessee just sounds like a poop fest at 38 and a half with hopefully Denver's offense gets it together after a bye week. But uh, Tennessee decide, decided that they don't want to throw the ball, and that's not really meaningful. So, yes, you can play some Derrick Henry, but uh, are you excited about that game? You know, it's really hard to be excited about a an offense. Well, it should it'll change if Tannehill's under center. It won't change a lot, but like they'll attempt more than <laughs> nine passes or whatever with Malik Willis. But it's hard to get excited about a full game stack when the plan is to give Derrick Henry thirty touches, which for Derrick Henry is incredible. For the game flow and ability for it to get there and go off is terrible because the clock just ticks, ticks, ticks. And yeah, you haven't seen it from Russ and his guys to really have a ceiling performance yet. That said, Tennessee secondary is beatable. So if there ever was like a get right spot coming out of the bye, you could tell yourself a story maybe. But yeah, I mean, it's clearly at the total it is for a reason. So I don't think it's a priority by any means. Yeah. In that overtime with Tennessee and and Kansas City, it was very clear that no matter what the drive was with Malik Willis was like, this will not work. There is no way that they are going to gain any positive yards on this play before the snap. You just knew it. I do want to throw this out there because, yes, we hope Josh Allen plays. uh, But if he doesn't, it is worth noting that Bill's games this year, what if I told you they've all hit the under except for one? I wouldn't believe that, truthfully. It it shocked me. And the one that they did hit the over was really gross. They hit it by one point, and it was in week two, Tennessee. They won 41-7. to So it, it was not like a game that went back and forth. So... Bill's games haven't been the barn burners that we wanted. Like, even that Kansas City game that we thought, I mean, you and I were big on that game, but in my final call I said, as a, in a tournament, the best thing to do would be to go under. That one was only 24-20. So it's not a great look when seven of your eight games have hit the under on the year. So just keep that in mind, regardless of if Allen is in or not. And before we keep going, let's take a quick break. 
The NBA playoffs are here, and we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch, because this is the Turn It Up to 11 NBA Playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA Playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. All right, let's keep it going. Which team are you most confident hits the over of their team implied total this week? Give me the Bears. I mean, the NFL is so hard to predict. The fact that we just a month and a half ago were talking about not playing any Bears ever and now being like, I'm so excited for the Bears this week. It's just, that's the NFL in a nutshell. But I'll take the over 20, 25 and a half points. Over the last month, Chicago ranks 12th in total DVOA, 6th in yards per game, and 14th in scoring. So you're getting an offense that's top half of the league currently. Their games have gone over in three straight. And the over in the you know total, as far as the Vegas total, over in four of the last five. So this offense is clicking. And I would love to fade the narrative that somehow the Lions figured it out last week against the Packers on defense. I think it's just a, a you know, result of the Packers struggling that much, which led to them scoring, what, nine points or whatever it was. Uh, against Detroit entering that game Detroit was dead last in yards per play dead last in pass attempt dead last in DVOA so I think this is a a fluke of what the Detroit Lions did last week I think there's a chance we see them really come back down to earth and be terrible again on defense so give me the Bears over 25 and a half points what a time to be alive it's funny because as the Bears are becoming more and more fun I'm worried because I have an under and I believe you have an under under win total Yep. But hey, last week was was a perfect scenario, right? We get the explosion of Justin Fields, helps our best ball lineups, helped us in DFS, great game environment, and they lost. That's what we want. That's, that's win, win, win. That's all we care about. I'm going to say Kansas City because there's nothing that I want more than Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball 45 times and them just abandoning the run. So I just believe in their offense. They're at home against Jacksonville, who I will say – on defense, been a lot better. They won this past week, but had won, uh, lost six in a row right before that. So give me Kansas City, a team that has a 30 implied total. I'm saying their score of 35 this week. I think that's possible. They're number one in pass rate over expectation and by a wide, wide margin, number one in the red zone. So when they get in close, they're like, Pacheco, CEH, get out of here. Like, we're throwing the football. Okay, so I never understood people's love about Pacheco I know that he's like a try hard dude he looks good like in terms of like whoa that dude has some juice he still plays special teams though so you're not getting a player that is full time right now like they use him on like punt formations and kick return not just for that but like tackling that's absurd to me you're not going to get the same usage from a player and he's not catching the ball so what are you hoping for like nine for 40 and getting in the end zone like it's 
I don't know. This is it was weird to me how he got steamed up. Which team bets are you most confident hits their under? And how dare you dunk on this team right now? I'm not dunking on them. I'm just saying 18 points is a lot to ask from a Sam Ellinger led <laughs> offense. That's all I'm saying. And you know we don't know what the franchise is doing. There's clearly uh, stuff behind the scenes happening, firing their head coach, bringing on Jeff Saturday, who's never coached in the pros or college. It could just be an absolute train wreck. That said, they could rally around him and they could figure it out, sure. But I'll just take the trends of what's happened with Indy. I mean, since uh, Ellinger took over, they're 32nd in DVOA, 32nd in scoring, 26th in plays per game, 25th in EPA, and 28th in success rate. So basically, they're terrible with him under center. And I'm not sure Jonathan Taylor comes back this week. I'm not sure it matters. And the offensive line is is a train wreck. So I know they have a good matchup against the Raiders. It's just a matter of, of fading Sam Ellinger at this point. Shout out to Hebron Christian Academy, where Jeff Saturday <laughs> used to coach. Actually, it's Decula. I've been there. Been to that school. Um, yeah, they're pretty much a team that... They're going for from, a great draft pick this year. Everything Jim Irsay said in that conference just blew my mind. And Mike, today <laughs> on the podcast, did you get to watch that yet? I haven't yet, but we were in Slack kind of going back and forth about it. I don't know if you saw it. it was, the quotes were just, you really can't make it up. Andy said that it might have been his favorite moment of Mike on this podcast. Like Mike might have been more perturbed about that than anything else ever because Jim Irsay just made a fool of himself. I'm going to go with Denver. I mentioned that I don't really want that game at all. It just screams under. And other than like a sneaky Jerry Judy piece, like you're not going to really find too much. I guess you could punt with Greg D at tight end, but I just don't want anything to do with their offense, especially because Who's getting the carries in that backfield, Bets? Do you do you have that backfield figured out? You know, I thought I was starting to, and then they brought in Jace, Chase Edmonds. Um, so now I have no idea, and I don't think anyone does. No, no one has any clue. Javante's just chilling, saying, I wish I could help this team, give them some juice, but they don't have it. All right, salary standouts for week 10. Salary standouts. I want to say something profound right now. I feel like the people need to hear from us. We've gone to the mountain. We've gotten the information. We've come back. And we just say play Justin Fields. Like <laughs> That's going to be what people are going to do this week. At 6,500, he gets a huge bump, but he plays Detroit, who we know is the worst defense in the league. I think on DraftKings, people, if Allen plays, people are going to be scared off in cash because of the injury. And then if he doesn't play, then it's going to boost up Patrick Mahomes even more. So it feels like a week where you're paying up for Patrick Mahomes at 7.9 with that 30 implied team total, or you're going to Justin Fields. Yeah, my lean right now is just because like the running backs look awesome. I'm going to want to play Justin Fields. I really can't see that changing between now and Friday unless we get some crazy news or something. But yeah, I mean, he's been the QB1 over the last month in fantasy he is still not reflected in that price. I know he went up a bunch from what he was last week. Still, it's the Lions. They're at home. You know, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think if Mahomes was way more expensive, if he was in that Josh Allen territory of 8,500, I would say something different. We can pretty much bank in a 300-yard bonus for Mahomes based on how much he's throwing. So at least in your projections and the way you're looking at this slate, think about that with Patrick Mahomes. So right now, I don't have a stance. I think my contrarian self says, uh, everyone's playing fields. But I think if I know the field is going that way, just lean into it. 
You don't have to make the mistake there. Make a mistake somewhere else and let the field do it. So Josh Allen's very expensive on FanDuel, very expensive. So even if he does play, is this one of those things where you're scared from like a medical standpoint? Because I don't, I don't fully understand the injury. Yeah, I mean, the, the severity is tough to talk about without knowing what is, is going on from what they are telling us. But not to get too nerdy, Kyle, because you know I am a nerd. Do it. Do it. Basically, the ligament that is injured right now for Josh Allen stabilizes the elbow when you follow through during the pitching and throwing motion for football and baseball. It is the Tommy John ligament. That's what this is. So people that are familiar with baseball know that. I'm not saying he's having Tommy John surgery. I'm just saying that's the ligament that is sprained. When it is sprained, you get swelling and you get uh, irritation to the nerve that goes right behind your elbow. It's called your ulnar nerve. This is your funny bone when you hit that. Then you get those tingling sensations down your uh, your hand and your forearm. So you can get pain in your in your forearm and your hand. And it can affect your grip strength. If you remember uh, three, four years ago, remember when Marcus Mariota had that ulnar nerve issue? And people just kept saying like, oh, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. He lost his starting job in the NFL because of that. Like he had no grip strength. He couldn't do anything with it. So I'm not saying that is what's happening. I'm saying that that's a possibility. But I'm following the line movement. I don't think he plays. And if this is a, a mild sprain, um, he's going to miss at least a game, maybe two that, you know, it, it's just this team has Super Bowl aspirations. Even if he is playing, they could be very conservative with their game plan this week. So I, he's not on my cash radar for this week because of that reason. So if he doesn't play, you're telling me I have to play Kenny Pickett or Case Keenum in Dynasty. If those are your options, yes. Well, I had Matt Ryan, and apparently the Colts don't <laughs> like him anymore. Uh, he gone. So we mentioned Fields on DraftKings. I just want to say there's only a $200 difference on FanDuel between Fields and Mahomes. Play Mahomes. Play Mahomes at 8500 uh in cash. I think that's going to be uh, a cinch on FanDuel. At running back, I have seven guys that we have listed here, and I know that will get narrowed down through the week. Give me your favorites. Yeah, it is a crazy occurrence like on DraftKings this year. It feels like every week we're like, there's six guys that I would love to play. Obviously, you can't play them all. But the first name that stuck out to me, based off of price and just recent usage, is still Travis Etienne. Um, very different conversation. 7,100 is asking a lot more of him. But since the James, Rob James Robinson trade, he leads all running backs and carries and attempts inside the five-yard line. And that's really what we're caring about is his high-value touches. So taking on a Kansas City defense, we just saw Derrick Henry go ballistic uh, this past week. Um, he could be certainly a focal point. I am a little concerned, I will say, about being a 10-point road underdog. With Travis Etienne, if you want to use that as more of a kind of tiebreaker, I understand that. But he's definitely in my player pool to start the week. And then I'll just mention, too, like we got to monitor what's happening with Zeke. Um, they're saying, or Jerry Jones is saying, that he's going to play. I've been saying since before the bye week, this bone bruise is more serious than people are are telling us. So I'm not saying he's not going to play. But if he doesn't play, Tony Pollard at 6,500, taking on a run funnel defense in Green Bay, would also be a priority play for me this week. Saquon is expensive. He's the RB1 on both sides, but he plays the Texans. So when you look at our points per dollar projections, he's showing up number one by far at running back. Do you think people will pay up for Saquon, especially on DraftKings at 8.6? If they're playing fields, they can. If you're playing Mahomes, you can't. So I do think he will certainly be one of the most popular plays on the slate. It's, this is one of those decision points every week is there's always one guy that's the most expensive, whether it's a quarterback or running back that you got to prioritize. And I could see people trying to play Saquon, skipping over ETN, skipping over Kamara, and going down to a couple of the 6K guys. That makes a lot of sense. So, yes, I think he'll be very popular this week. 
In the same game, Damian Pierce is, you know, 2300 cheaper. So that's an interesting little leverage point, pivot, all that. Like, I, I, I like those two running backs. I like them in these spots. I'm not going to be playing both of those running backs from the same game. So keep that in mind. I love Alvin Kamara. His price was set before Monday night, but 7.4 I think is really solid. He should have gotten one more reception, Betts. Oh, dude. Dude. <laughs> we, had, we had the same game parlay built out in the DFS pass for that. We had everything. It was seven legs, except for one more Alvin Kamara reception, which he had just been piling up catches left and right. Ravens, entering last week, had given up the fifth most receptions to running backs. Does Alvin Kamara hit four plus, Kyle? No, he does not. Apparently, he, apparently, Andy didn't want us to win some money. Andy meaning Andy Dalton. So, whatever. Can I just point out something that just made me so sad? Just so sad when I was looking at DFS. Yeah, go ahead. I know what you're going to say. Najee Harris is only $5,500, and he is very cheap. And Why is I, he so expensive? <laughs> I, I like looked at my lineup on a Tuesday, and I was like, oh, man, I could get some cheap Najee Harris coming off the bye, and I just couldn't do it. I I feel bad for the guy. It is. I mean, I thought it would be bad. I didn't think it would be this bad. So can can, can I play him? At that price? In a GPP, you can do whatever you want, Kyle. All right, I'll give you one more name that's cheap. Any interest in David Montgomery against the Lions, who are arguably the worst in the league, at 6K? So I know people are going to be playing fields, but as a tournament pivot, or even, I mean, if you're not playing fields in cash and you want to get a piece of the Bears, any interest in Montgomery? So the thing about the Lions is that very quietly, they've been more of a pass funnel defense in recent weeks than run defense. I'm not saying that that's going to continue, but you're asking a lot to say, I want Fields to get there because he's going to run the football. So give me also David Montgomery, who's going to run the football, but he's going to split work with, with Khalil Herbert. So like, can they both get there in theory because this Lions defense is that bad? Sure. But just to speak to the numbers, like, you know, Detroit over the last few weeks has been um, in the top 10 in DVOA pass defense so i'm not saying don't do it i'm just saying i'd be very hesitant of that yeah i think his price and what we saw from fields last week and how popular he's going to be for tournaments i'm interested like as a leverage point i think he's i think he's interesting and he smashed against lines in the past at wide receiver this week i came on here to say i want to play stefan Diggs in a revenge game and now now i don't know what to do with myself because at 8.3, he looked like a strong projection against a terrible Vikings defense. Are you still interested if Case Keenum is the quarterback? Not for cash. In tournaments, fine, but not for cash. Just it was it set up so well. Like the narrative, I already wrote my article for it, and now I have to delete the whole thing, basically. Dang it. That's what we do, guys. I don't know if you know this, but we we look at all the revenge games, we write all those preseason. So I already had, you know, this for week ten, and I have to delete the whole thing. The Jaguars wide receivers, I think, are going to be in a lot of cash lineups. If it's Christian Kirk at 5.9 or Zay Jones at 4.4, I think the consensus opinion is going to be Jacksonville is going to have to throw a ton. They're going to be behind, and you'll get a lot of cheap PPR targets. So are you interested in the Jags? Yeah, I mean, we talked about that game stack being popular. I think it makes sense. And, you know, teams are throwing on the Chiefs, not named the Titans, at one of the highest rates in football because they will just refuse to let Malik Willis throw the ball. But other teams are throwing because you have to. You have 
to keep up with Mahomes, you have to throw. And the Jaguars will do that. Doug Peterson is smart enough to figure that out. So, yeah, I think those guys are going to be very popular. I don't have a strong lean of like which one I would go to, but I think on a Tuesday for the start of the week, they're a good uh, you know tandem to keep in your player pool. You have two guys listed here who you and I love, we're over the moon about, and almost every single week they're in my player pool. Jalen Waddell at 7.6 and Chris Olave 6.8 against the Steelers. What do you think will be the roster percentage difference this week from Tyreek, who we kind of projected as like he's going to be super popular, and Waddle, who you're getting like, I don't know, 85, 90% of the production. So what do you think the field's going to do with those two? Yeah, 9,100 is a lot for Tyreek Hill. He's been worth it. Obviously, he's been incredible on pace to smash the single season record for receiving yards. So I'm not saying he doesn't deserve that. He does. But Waddle has been like you said, almost just as good. And we just keep taking his prop over because they don't move the line. They just keep it at like 65 or 67 and a half yards. So if there's that's there again, there's your free play for the week. That's going to be in the article. Um, but 9,100, you're, you're really making it tough to fit. You know, Cooper Cup sometimes gets up there and we don't have the salary to get to him. So it's not that he's a bad play. It's just salary prohibitive. So I could see this week things kind of finally turning and saying like, okay, that's enough of a, a discount to go down to Waddle. So I could see a scenario where he's more popular than Tyreek Hill. On FanDuel, I'm interested in Juju Smith-Schuster, who's only 7K. You know, you're going to be stacking that game, and his target share has been pretty solid recently. Amon Ra is only 6,900 on FanDuel, which is very cheap. His price went down. But I need to, like, I need some therapy here. I need you to talk me into something where it's, I don't know. I feel like I was against it. Then you kind of peer pressured me. Like, guys, I just, I mean, I, can I use this time that Betts has been bullying me about Amon Ross St. Brown for a while, and I need to speak out about it. And when he finally does, <laughs> yes, uh, the, the, the dude didn't help me last week. What am I going to do? You're going to keep going back to him because you're going to chase 12, 12, 9, 10, and 9 targets in his full games. You're going you're gonna to keep chasing that. But did it give some context when I talked about Keenan Allen last week as the comp? As like, yes. you're going to get these games, right? For sure. Okay. I just, wanna, I just want people to know that, you know, I'm, this is where I'm at, emotionally speaking. Um, also on FanDuel, I want to mention DeAndre Hopkins, 8,300. Target share is just way, way, way too strong. And I think that game is getting overlooked. We haven't even mentioned Arizona and Los Angeles, probably because... Outside of Cooper Cup, you cannot play anyone, anyone on the Rams side with any confidence at all. Um, but still stackable game, right? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and by st- stackable game, can you play Ky- – well, it's getting expensive if you're trying to do Kyler Hopkins and Cup. Tyler Higby against the Cardinals? There's a narrative, but I've been playing Tyler Higby the last couple it's weeks. It's not been great. It has not gone well, people, at all. All right, tight end. We mentioned earlier Travis Kelsey and a bunch of other dudes. Is this leaning towards another punt week? I think you said just a bunch of other dudes. Greg D is not just another dude, okay? This guy is beautiful with the short shorts, the mustache. It's all there. And now he gets a good matchup against Tennessee. 3.4, I like that. Coming out of the bye week, we generally tend to see rookies perform better in the second half of the year, especially coming out of a bye week. So I like him this week. If you're punting 3.4, you could definitely do a lot worse. His targets per route run, I was looking at this earlier, is about 19%. 
since he's come in. That's awesome. That's very good. For a rookie tight end, it's even better. So you can go there. Robert Tanyan's interesting at 3.7 in that range. I'm sure we will get some more steam as the week progresses with a punt tight end. I'm glad we mentioned James Mitchell and he caught the touchdown. I mean, I didn't play him, but hopefully somebody else out there was like, oh, I listen to the podcast. They mentioned this tight end I've never heard of. I should play him. That's what we're really good at. It's just these guys no one's ever heard of. That happened with Cole Komet before he was a thing. Remember that? Like two or three years ago? Oh, I remember. I I did Cole Komet's rookie profile tape where I watched all of his games from his senior year. And That's why you like him so much. No, no. I hated him coming into the draft because all of his touchdowns were super lucky that senior year. Everyone said he was a red zone dominator. They were all broken plays. Cole Komet. There's all my best ball money. Um, (laughs) It's gone. Defense. Let's quickly go through a couple of matchups. Man. Minnesota is so cheap. If Josh Allen's out, are they going to be the chalk? 2.2. I don't even think you think twice about it. Even if they give you like four points, you just take the salary savings and move on in cash, I think. Yeah, and that trend I mentioned earlier, those games have been hitting under almost every single week uh, go in that direction. I don't mind Arizona against the Rams because Matthew Stafford's been, you know, a mess. Just throwing picks, sacks. That's what he loves to do. So I don't mind Arizona early in the week. But as we progress We'll find out about the injuries. We'll find out about some of the other things that we get. To. We'll we'll see if Jeff Saturday knows what he's doing, right? They don't even have an offensive coordinator right now. Ooh, breaking news, actually, into the show. Uh, you don't have to hit the drop. It's not that important. Colts interim coach Jeff Saturday is expected to have 30-year-old pass game specialist slash assistant quarterbacks coach Parks Frazier serve as the offensive play caller starting Sunday against the Raiders. Parks Frazier. Um, let me go Who looks Google like- that. A child. Look in Slack. Go into the general channel. This is a child. I, I. What are they doing? <laughs> I have no idea. And I'm sure this guy is is super smart about football and knows this stuff. But 30 years old calling plays in the NFL. That's crazy, man. Like that's literally would have been us a year or two ago. I mean, he went to Murray State, the racers. So any Murray State truth, truthers out there. Oh, he's from Corinth, Mississippi. Okay, I know where that is. All right, well, I'll I'll look up some more Parks Frazier, Parks and Rec, and see what this guy's doing with his life. Um, find out <laughs> if the Colts are even going to have any polls. I don't know why I thought that was so funny, Parks and Rec. What a great yeah. show. Oh, man. All right, if you want to play with us, you go to ballersdfs.com. We'll have a new contest up for this Thursday. I know some people are pretty happy about the party on a Monday uh, contest. Maybe it's a party on a Thursday because – there ain't no party like a Thursday party because the Thursday party. Don't stop. It don't stop. That's right. That's right. All right, Bets. Why don't you sign us off? Yes, that riveting matchup between the Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons will be in the DFS pass. Uh, we're going to play some money or play, win some money, I should say. Play some contests for Thursday. Come play with us. And then we're back on Friday to preview the main slate. Have a fantastic week. We will see you then. listening to another edition of the fantasy footballers dfs podcast don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com